0: back to the press for champagne podcast hey hey what have you been up to this week brandy
1: oh my god what have i been up to um let's see this past weekend i was home for the whole weekend which is shocking because i don't feel like that happens very often anymore um it was kind
0: of nice
1: i got sucked into the show the circle have you watched that on netflix
0: no oh you know what but I was reading the book
1: there's a book
0: yeah it's a book my friend Aubrey actually gave me the book um because it's kind of like paranormal-ish kind of like not Mm -hmm. really like there's like a strange oh no you know what I'm thinking of the stranger
1: yeah I was like no the circle is like a social media thing where like they're
0: like all
1: so they're like in this apartment building they're all like sequestered in their own apartments they have no phone no computer like none of the things, um, and then they, have. it's called The Circle, and it's on a TV screen, and so they can talk to the other people, and there's challenges, and they rank one another, blah, 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 but, like, some of them are catfishing, like, pretending to be, you know, like, an, you know, 22-year-old girl, and it's really a 56-year-old man mm. trying to, like, win these other participants over to win $100,000, um, so it's kind of like a cool social experiment but yeah just got just got sucked into it
0: is it like reality or is it fiction yeah
1: no it's reality it's reality. yeah you have I mean it's like an easy watch so you can you know yeah like I usually am and have it on probably that's that's been my weekend
0: sounds exciting yeah what'd you do um so my brother-in-law is getting married next weekend and so like not this weekend coming up with the next one and still on the hunt for a dress I have four dresses here from Rent the Runway plus I just got two in the mail just that I bought um so I'm gonna have to do a try on sometime and I'm not looking forward to that because I've just not been feeling it lately and we'll get into the reason why here in a minute but (laughs) um the idea of, because like, I feel like when you try on clothing, but especially like clothing for a fancy occasion, you have to put your makeup on and you probably should, you don't have to do your hair, but you should at least. Yeah. Like like, I hate trying on clothes, like, yeah.
1: Like fancy clothes or something. If I, like, if my legs aren't shaved or like when I just roll out of bed, like I kind of have to be like somewhat put together so I can feel the vibe that it's going to be.
0: So I'm going to have to mentally gear up for that i'll send pictures to you so you can see maybe we should do like a poll on our instagram yeah we should so people can vote do you think you're up for that we'll see no promises but i'll try i've got to try them on anyway so i think that. yeah i think that maybe one day this weekend i'm actually going to get a facial on sunday um so maybe i'll do it after that maybe i'll feel nice and rejuvenized is that a word rejuvenated Rejuvenated. yeah yeah it's a word re-energized and rejuvenated all in one one word both right yeah so love it yeah so other than that that's really all i got um this week we are talking it's a solo episode with me and brandy which we have not had any hot minutes so i'm excited for that I know. I kind of like have missed you. Oddly. I know. And we way. had actually wanted to do this in person, um, but I canceled last minute, as I do. Again, we'll yeah, get she, into the reason why. He's here. been.
1: She's been really killing it lately. <laughs>
0: um. But why this, you tell us What our drink of the week is?
1: Yeah, this week I'm like actually really pumped to try this. Um. We talk a lot about our love for Aperol spritzes. Oh,
0: but this I is, love Aperol. Yeah,
1: so I ran across this um, recipe for a sparkling rosé Aperol spritz. Interesting. Which I don't love sparkling rosé. Like, it's not my go-to. I obviously love champagne. Do you want to hear pers- an
0: unpopular opinion? Yeah, tell me. Rosé gives me heartburn, so I can't really drink it. Oh, I don't have that problem. I just,
1: it, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't love like white wines Neither or do I. as much plain, but I do love them like mixed with, you know, other stuff. So when yeah. I saw this, I was like, okay, I could see that this actually might be really good to try. And every once in a while I have like, you know, a bottle of sparkling rosé. So I felt like this would be like a really good way to <laughs> drink it. Yeah. Um, so what you do is you take three parts of the sparkling rosé, two parts Aperol, and then one splash of club soda or sparkling water. And then um, they actually, in this recipe, recommended using a tangerine flavored Pellegrino, which I also think would be delicious. And then just garnish a slice of orange or grapefruit or lemon or whatever citrus fruit. Um, And then, so you would fill half of a glass with ice and then pour in the rosé, the Aperol, and the splash of club soda and garnish. So yeah, I'm. it's really pretty. I love an Aperol spritz and I'm super excited to try this easy, easy summer drink.
0: Yeah, well, um, that sounds delicious, but we should dive right into the topic because the reason that's never going to happen for me probably ever again, it seems like is because this month we've been talking about motherhood and, you know, pregnancy and it's very well documented on this podcast, how I feel about being a mother and getting pregnant and you guys knocked up. <laughs> so and there's that. She's unwell. <laughs> you guys, I am unwell. My big news is I'm unwell. I'm pregnant. Um, no one, I I always tell, like I want to say no one warns you about this, but like, that's not true. Like my friends have kind of like told me or whatever, but no amount of warning can let you in on the little secret of just how shitty you're going to feel for like two months, at least two months. I'm hoping me, it's only two months, but like people will tell me like, Oh, I was sick, like for like almost the entire pregnancy.
1: That sounds awful.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's not been fun at all, but, um, we can get into all those nitty gritty details in a minute. Um, but you know, like I said before, we talked, we talked about on the podcast, how I didn't want to have kids. Michael did want to have kids. We've obviously been married for over four years. Um, we've been together for six ish years. God, it's been so long. You guys, he's, he's Somewhere. wearing me down. He just wore me down. It's I mean, yeah. like, so there wasn't really a big like conversation about like, we should have a baby. There was a conversation, like, Um, this is, we're going to get really TMI here. There was a, no, I, I do want you to kind of like
1: talk about your journey. Like, obviously you have talked a lot about not wanting to have children and now clearly you haven't a baby. Yeah. So how how did we go from A to Z, zero to three, you know,
0: Yeah. I just want to say that I fully support my decision to not have children. And I wish I would have stuck to my guns because (laughs) I'm miserable, um, but, I, but in all seriousness, for, I, got, I have two, two things to say real quick. First off, Brandy and I both know that there are women out in the world who cannot get pregnant for whatever reason. And, and, and everything that we say on this episode today is not meant to hurt your feelings if that's what you're going through, but we're very sarcastic people. And um, if you're offended by maybe some of the things that we may or may say, you might just want to skip this episode cuz i i i go through my life with humor and if i don't have humor then i will die well, I, I think mean, that's a clinical proven fact
1: <laughs> i think that it's just important to like point out that we are supportive of all women whatever journey they choose whatever decision they make for themselves When we talk about these decisions and experiences that we're currently going through, we're just sharing our personal journey and like, it's personal to us. So it's a no judgment zone. Even if we sound judgy, we're really not. We support everybody, their journey. I want to encourage anybody to like continue down whatever path they decide, but we ask in return that nobody judge us for the (laughs) things. Exactly. That we've decided for ourselves.
0: Exactly. So the other thing I wanted to say too is like I was one of the women, and I still fully support these women who like never thought that they would want they wanted kids, never thought that they would have kids. Um again, I wish I would have stuck to my guns because I've just been fucking miserable. But I think that there is a special, it takes a special kind of woman to say, like, look. I just don't want kids and that's okay. And that's honestly how I still am. I know that sounds really weird because I'm pregnant, but um, I still don't think, granted I'm 10 weeks long, you guys. So let's let's everybody calm down. I still don't think that even though I am pregnant, that this is going to be some sort of astronomical shift in my brain about thinking that, oh God, thank God I did this, you know, because I would have just died an old maid after Michael was gone. Nobody would take care of me. Like, I, I know that obviously things can change down the road, but right now at this moment, I still feel like, obviously this is a big change in my life. I'm not like naive to think that it's not, but I don't think that it, um, like, how did you say what I'm trying to say? Like, I, I would have been fine either way. I probably at this point, cause I've been so sick, would have preferred to not get pregnant, but that's not the ship we're in right now. So we're just gonna keep sailing these days. Yeah, the, sh-
1: the ship has left the port and you are on a steady cruise.
0: Yeah, so um, back in October of last year, I was on my, I, the birth control I was using was the Mirena, the IUD. So I had that removed back in October because Michael wanted to start trying to have kids. But they told us that um, once the IUD is removed, it takes, like, six months to get, like, kind of, like, your shit back to normal so you can actually start ovulating, which my my new doctor just told me that's not true, that it may take six months, but it may happen right away. So Michael and I didn't even really start trying um, until, like, February. And by trying, we weren't trying very hard. Yes. <laughs> So a couple of my friends knew that we had been trying. Wow. And one of them asked, like, um, like, is Michael really putting the pressure on? And I was like, you guys, no fits, Michael. I love you. It's like, my husband's so dumb. He doesn't know like what when I'm ovulating or like, you know, like he doesn't know like how cycles work like I could just be like yeah I'm ovulating right now and be like not anywhere close to my ovulating dates wow and he would have no fucking idea so I mean like I was a 100% in control of letting him know it was either time or not time
1: so did you take advantage of that
0: <laughs> um you know I wasn't really like all in it at first and then like the first month that we thought I might be pregnant um it, he was really disappointed when I wasn't. And then the next month I, well, the next month was, so Mar- March hits and, and it's our anniversary and we happen to be ovulating right around our anniversary. And there, the night of our anniversary, we went out to Belgrade to get corned beef and cabbage. And we, then we went and drove around and drank some booze for like a couple hours. And then, you know, then Michael took advantage of me and my, you know, drunken stupor, and I'm pretty sure that's... At home or out when you're cruising around? It was at home. So, actually, this is way TMI. What had happened was I got home and went to bed, and then, like, a couple hours later, Michael woke up, and he was just like, you know what? I'm still feeling it. (laughs) Um, You welcome mom for that story. Uh, So, yeah, that's, I mean, then, so then... I took a pregnancy test, I bought one of those pregnancy tests that says like, we can detect six days before you miss period, and it came back negative, negative. and, but I was so bitchy that week, like so bitchy, and I told Michael, class that I'm not pregnant, but I swore to God I was, because I've never been so bitchy in my life, and then my, it, my period, came, like it was supposed to come, and it was like a day late, and I was like, no, I better just take another one of these just to see, and sure as shit, I was knocked up, <laughs> So like, you kind of felt a change, like, yeah, almost immediately. I felt like I'm super bitchy. So like how, how this went was the first time was I was super bitchy. And then, um, once it came back positive, the next symptom was back pain and then tiredness. Oh my God. I was so fucking tired that first, like, so like very right weak. I, so I think I found out when I was four weeks along. So I found out really early. Um, And so like the week five I was so tired but week six about week six and seven about knocked me on my fucking ass I was so sick like there was one day I threw up for 24 hours straight it was so miserable I've just been so nauseous the entire time like I can barely I mean I can barely keep anything down and I'm so I'm still so tired um I'm now I'm starting to feel kind of normal again. I'm I'll be 10 weeks tomorrow. So I'm starting to feel a little bit normal again, but the days that I feel normal, I try and just do things like I normally do like full force, like full speed ahead. And the next day it comes back and bites me in the ass. So like yesterday I felt great. So I had to, I had to get some work done because I haven't been, I, my work has suffered big time. Um, and so I was doing a bunch of work stuff yesterday And then today I've been on the couch most of the day because I've just been so sick. So the symptoms have been great.
1: Yeah, it sounds honestly like a beautiful journey. Like there's
0: no there's no amount of warning anybody that a person can do. Like I was actually, oh my God, I was in the um, I was talking to a lady the other day. And she said that when she was pregnant, that, um, she was, when she got pregnant, she was 130 pounds. And when she delivered her baby, she was 139 pounds. And when she like, uh, like a couple weeks after delivery, she was 105 pounds because she was so sick the entire time that she was pregnant, that all she could eat was apples. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Like I eat a lot of fruit lot of apples but I have to eat something because I would die if I did not have so much carbs in me I mean the thing that is so shocking to me
1: like just you know doing a check-in with you each week is just how different everybody and it's like so like subjective right like I don't know what your pain tolerance is I don't know what your fatigue level is like so just because somebody else didn't feel sick doesn't mean that their like nausea levels were the same. You know, yeah. it's just blows my mind.
0: Well, I will say this. I used to think that I was tough and I'm not. That, that that got put to bed real fucking quick. Um I also used to Well, I know that when I'm sick, like when I'm actually sick, I'm a baby. Like I don't want to, Like, I just want to lay in my bed. I don't want to do anything. Like if I don't feel good, I don't, I just want to recover. That's all I want to do. Like, I don't want to like push through it. I just want to rest and get through it that way. So like, I'm not a person that like wants to like, oh no, I'm, you know, one fucking head in the trash can, want the other head in my laptop. You know, like I want, I want to be at home resting. So that's, what's been, I think the hardest for me is because I feel constantly like I have the stomach flu. So I want to just rest. So because I'm resting so much, I'm not sleeping very well at night. So therefore my husband's not sleeping very well at night and he's getting kind of crabby, which I don't give a fuck because he did this to me.
1: (laughs) You both did it, Danny. Let's.
0: I just want to say this for the record, Michael again, got his way. He wanted a baby. We're having a baby. And you know, you you do keep
1: saying that, and I'm gonna maybe put you on the spot a little bit. You, like you obviously like feel like you h- like helped make this decision because you obviously made the conscious decision to remove the birth control. You made the conscious
0: decision to try. Yeah, like not, I'm not saying Michael go, like held a gun to my head and was right. like, you know, no. Okay, so my thought process in this, I guess, um was I knew this was something that Michael really, really wanted. And mm-hmm. I knew I could give or take it. Like I was never like it's I guess it's never it's something i I thought I never wanted. But it wasn't like I was like, I hate fucking babies and I just want to be an old you know scrooge the rest of my life. <laughs> it was more like I didn't want it 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 goes like twofold, but a lot of it has to do with how I was raised. Like my mom was a single mom. She had three kids by herself, and not to say that my dad's not in my life, but my dad was pretty non-existent for like a hot fucking minute. And I, it was like a struggle that I saw my mom go through to be a single mom of three kids on her own. For I mean, she never like had a I mean, She never remarried after my dad. Like she never had like a like a serious boyfriend. I mean, there was like a few, but like no no one that actually took care of us or took care of her. And then like, when my sister got pregnant the first time she was single and like, you know, that to come from a family with so many single parents, like it's, you don't want to do that if you have a choice. And, you know, so I just, that was always like the biggest factor of why I never wanted to have kids is because if I was going to have kids, I wanted to make sure that I was in a spot that if something happened, then. I wasn't reliant on somebody else to take care of us, you know? But because I've, you know, met Michael and we are obviously married and we love each other very much. Um, I know that he will never leave us, especially this baby, because like even though I think that you should still be like man and wife before your mom and dad, Michael's gonna be dad before he's my husband. <laughs> I just know that he's gonna be like one of those kind of people because he just loves kids so much he Michael loves children um so I just I finally felt I, like I was in a place where that would never be a scenario for me like I wouldn't be a single mom um obviously unless something very tragic happened but right. so
1: so are you feeling um Like, are you feeling excited or are you just feeling frustrated right now? Like, how are you feeling? Um, so emotionally, but also, I mean, obviously physically unwell, but emotionally, how is all of this?
0: I actually, I haven't really taken a lot of opportunity to think about what's going to happen, to be honest. Um, actually my brother-in-law and sister-in-law just had a baby a couple of weeks ago. So they're right in the thick of it. Um, and we went and saw them and that was exciting. Um, but I don't know really how I'm feeling about it. I, I, I don't really, it's still very unreal right now. Cause number one, I'm still so early, even though it feels like I've been pregnant for a fucking year, it's still, it's still only 10 weeks. I mean, huh. we got a hot fucking minute to go. <sighs> you guys You're starting, you are starting the journey. I'm not due until December. It's wild. <sighs> I want to die um anyway sorry sometimes I just like to shout that out um but I did register for like some baby things today just because okay. I was like yeah because I was I was reading this there's a gal that I follow on social media and she put like a blog post together of, like the things that she recommended and I didn't want to forget so I just registered for them um so yeah you know, and that's always exciting to like have stuff you know yeah <laughs> are you like starting
1: to like look I mean look at
0: that kind of stuff and get
1: excited like oh
0: um I'm I'm really hoping that within the next few weeks I'll start to feel better because I'll be in my second trimester in like three weeks so really hoping I'm at least not be so tired like I'm starting to learn to live with the nausea but the tiredness is what's really kicking my ass so I'm hoping that within the next few weeks I won't be so tired because like one of like the general Diagnoses that I've gotten from my friends that have had kids is that the second trimester, the tiredness does go away. The nausea ne- doesn't necessarily, but the tiredness does. Um, so I'm hoping that if I'm less tired, I'll have more time to be excited, like to think about other things. Right. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not excited at this very second, but maybe you'll get hurt. Yeah. Every day is a new day. So anyway, yeah, you guys, that's my big news. That's uh, my, my big mother, May motherhood news.
1: Well, is there, like, anything else just, like, mentally or physically that you, like, I just find this super interesting, like, everybody's little quirks and things that they're going through? Is there so, anything else? Like,
0: I think we've talked to like, we covered how I feel physically, which is shitty, but mentally it's been hard too, because I am I am naturally a very active person. Like I work really hard throughout the day. Like it just, I, I mean, I work from home. So like, it's always just been one of those things where I'll work, you know, at least eight hours a day, at least, but sometimes 12 to 16 hours a day, just because I work from home and I've been able to work maybe like two hours a day, maybe mm-hmm. because I've just been so sick um and and before somebody like emails me yes I, I am on medication they did give me some shit and it did help so I mean like I like I said it's been the it's been looking up but um for so to be so active and so invested in my work for so many years and then to go from like that to like nothing practically has has definitely did like a played a big role in my mental health but honestly I don't I don't feel very guilty about it like at all to be honest if to be honest I have zero guilt for not working right now because I am trying to grow a human and even though it feels like a little fucking alien um (laughs) which we've named Bertha so (laughs) so um I, I mean, like really right now I'm in a place financially where I can take a month or two off of work um, and not be affected a lot. And I'm very lucky in that sense right now. And I feel very lucky because if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't be in that place, I'd be really stressed out. And that was another one of the biggest reasons why um, I wanted, well, like, okay. So kind of go back to something we said before. When Michael and I talked about having kids, I wanted to wait at least another year before we did because I wanted to be set up a little bit more financially. Um, but that it just didn't happen that way. Michael didn't want to wait another year. He wanted to have a baby this year. Um, so uh, now that I, now, that, now that this is happening, I was able to save some money and have some things set aside and some things put in place. So that finances were not going to be a big part of the worry for us. Also, because I'm a veteran and I'm a certain amount of disability or disabled from the VA, this is going to be a free baby. It's going to cost us nothing.
1: Which is amazing. Like, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. I told Michael today, I'm like, congratulations. It just saved you (laughs) $10,000.
1: And I told Danny when she told me that, I said, Michael better be getting you a solid push present.
0: I did tell Michael the other day, I said, what are you getting me for a push present? He's like, what the fuck is that?
1: (laughs) Let me tell you, Michael,
0: I'll actually show you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I'll give you some ideas. But this morning I was watching Harry Potter and I was like, Michael, all I want to do is go back to Harry Potter. He's like, maybe we should go there on our baby moon. I was like, I'm down. That's, that's cute. Yeah. So yeah, mentally, I'm just I'm I'm tired of I'm I'm mentally exhausted just because of not being able to do things. But at the same time, not I I I'm honestly very shocked about how not guilty I feel about like not working or not doing things. But I think a lot of it has to do with just like I was set up a little bit more financially than I um, have been in the past, so I feel more comfortable. I think it's good. Like just from an
1: outsider's perspective, I think it's going to be really good for you to like start establishing like the boundaries because I think, I don't mean this in a critical way, but you work from home and you've never had to like consider like, okay, this is my time to do stuff for me. And this is my time to do stuff for work. And like, now you're adding a child. So I think you're going to do a lot better. Like setting up like those clear boundaries. So you don't have to like feel stressed out. And yeah. anxious.
0: and that's funny that you say that because before I found out that I was pregnant, I decided that I was going to go to three day weekends. I decided that like, I was no longer going to work Friday, Saturday or Sunday. So I was going to get all my work done Monday through Thursday. Cause there's really no reason that I can't. The reason that I work Friday, Saturday, Sunday is either I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform it, like certain areas that are just unrealistic to be honest or it's just I have nothing else to do so like before I got pregnant I'm like you know what I'm no longer working Friday Saturdays or Sundays if I can't get it done Monday through Thursday it'll get done next week I don't I'm not like I'm not a fucking surgeon I'm not a lawyer like there's nothing that I do that can't wait until next week so but then it went from- I was super excited
1: for you when you told me that by the way but then the next week you dropped this news on me and I was like oh
0: well yeah yeah. So then I went from not working Friday, Saturday, Sunday to not working ever. <laughs> Actually, <you> know, girl. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I I'm excited, um, for things to get back to somewhat of a normal, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I mean, obviously it's never gonna happen. I'm pregnant now and then I'm gonna have a baby. So nothing's going to be normal again.
1: But, but like, you're I just, just going to make feel your good. own normal, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, for sure. But I just want to feel good again. That's all I want. That's yeah. all I want in my life is just to feel good.
1: Well, I think you've looked great and I can tell that like, you're feeling better because you know, I've been seeing you virtually every yeah. week and like, you definitely seem so much better than you did a few yeah, weeks it was, back.
0: It was rough. Oh, was there crazy. was a few weeks. It was really rough.
1: Guys, oh, yeah. It was bad.
0: It was bad. Yeah. It's not fun for anybody. No. <laughs> anyway, Brandy, enough about me. Let's talk about you. Well, I have one more question. Okay, sorry, more about me.
1: I'm just curious, like if you've had any support or criticism from friends, family, significant other that you are surprised by or, I mean, just because you have been pretty vocal about like not really, you know, wanting kids and now it's such a 180 from that Mm -hmm. perspective. So has anybody been critical of you or um have people been overly supportive that you didn't anticipate I'm just curious like what reactions have been and I know you haven't like told a bunch of people but you've obviously started sharing
0: yeah so we've told we we told our family and our friends like right away like Brandy was one of the first people to know obviously because we drink every week but obviously because she's one of my good friends so I wanted to tell her so Um, now alone (laughs) (laughs) um But yeah, so we told people, honestly, fairly quickly, I think we told people around like five weeks. And I think we told our more of our friends around six weeks. Um, Again, we've talked about this on past episodes about how like you're technically, there's like an unwritten rule in motherhood and pregnancy where you're not supposed to tell anybody until your second trimester in in fear of miscarrying. And then you have to tell everybody, you know, you had a miscarriage. And I just don't, um, that's not a path I'm going to walk because if- I'm pregnant and then I lose the baby. Why wouldn't I tell, like, why wouldn't I want to tell people? I don't know. Like I I'm very not old school. I know that's a very old school way of thinking. Like that was very much like our parents' generation didn't want to tell people they had miscarriages and whatnot, but if I'm going through something, I'm the kind of person that's very vocal about it anyway. So whether I'm pregnant or whether I had a miscarriage, you are going to know, you know? Um, so, in that since we we did follow up just to point out sorry,
1: just to point out like each week, Danny obviously hasn't been feeling very well. so every time we've had a guest on like before we start recording, she's been like, hey, I like I'm newly pregnant and I'm not feeling well, so I'm really sorry if I don't, you know, if in I'm age. not. Much- <laughs> bubbly chipper you know engaged self but I think it you know it's like one of those things like why wouldn't you share that if you're not at your like if you don't feel like it, you're at your best like yeah. and I'm not yeah. saying it is an excuse or a cop-out but it's just saying like hey I don't you know I don't feel great I'm not myself I apologize in advance but yeah.
0: it is what it is I
1: can't do anything about it
0: well and you're right like I I haven't been on the A game, but I don't want our guests to be like, yeah, Brandy was great, but God, that Danny, she was like, I didn't even feel like she was sitting up.
1: (laughs) You're like, I wasn't.
0: (laughs) They're like, she was eating crackers the entire interview. How fucking rude, you know? So I wanted to tell them like, Hey, like, I'm sorry if you, if I mute myself and I'm eating crackers, I'm not feeling well, all these things, because like, it's, it's not fair for these other people to be like, you know, they asked us to be a guest on their podcast. And one of their hosts was like super fucking unprofessional above all else. Even though I curse like a sailor and I'm highly sarcastic, I do want to be a professional human being. Like I do want the things that I do in life to be taken professionally like and seriously, um, as seriously as I want them to be, honestly, but you know, like, so to, I would never, I'd hate to have someone like come on our podcast and then be like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. You know, (laughs) Um, so anyway, back to your original question, I've had a ton of support, a ton of support. Um, this has actually been really hard because as I've been the sickest, Michael has been in the field planting. So he normally would leave at like eight o'clock in the morning and wouldn't come back till either 11 PM or 2 AM. It depended on the day. And then I would be sick. So he could, he barely slept because I would be up. And so he's been exhausted which I feel bad for him in a sense. They're done now. Thank God. But I feel bad for him in a sense, but at the same time, like I'm miserable and I need your help. So I've, I've relied on him a ton. Like, and now that they're out of the field, he has to come in here like every few hours because I can't cook because food makes me want to die, but I have to eat apparently. But like he can't cook anything in this house. So like, if it's not, if you can't warm it up in the microwave, I can't have it. Cause the, he tried to cook something the other day and I just, Oh, it was so bad. I couldn't. I couldn't. Do it. I about had to go like live outside. Um. So he has to come in here very fairly. Often. I know. God, you guys. I. It's like I. I should be like a drama queen right now. <laughs> um. So he has to come in here fairly often and feed me, which is. But you know, I, I. appreciate. I was gonna say, but you kind of love it. Let's I know. Be all I've ever wanted someone was to feed me and tell me I'm pretty. So. Um. there has been some like some of the people that I thought that I could like rely on and like lean on they've kind of let me down a little bit but you know that's just going goes to show that not every everybody not everybody's a giver and right now I need givers in my life because I'm I'm taking I'm taking everything I got you know <laughs> um but So, and that, that's fine. i just, and it's totally fair. I mean, like other people are not pregnant right now. They don't need to be up in my bullshit, but I did. I got so sick last weekend that I, and my mom lives in Virginia in case you guys don't know that I've never needed my mom more in my fucking life. And if you know me and you know my relationship with my mom, you know that that's not something I've ever said in my entire life, but I've like needed her so much. And obviously she's in Virginia. It's not like she can just like drive home for the weekend. But I was so, so sick last weekend that I about called my dad to come stay with me for the weekend because Michael was still in the field and I was so miserable. I just wanted to die.
1: You're like somebody just come rub my head.
0: Yes, I'm honestly, if, if my dad didn't work weekends, I would have called him and be like, you need to come home or you need to come up here right now. But my dad works on the weekends, so. So you you just pulled through. I just tapped just- out. Honestly, Michael's mom has been the saint. She will bring me food if Michael asks her to, or if I ask her to. Um, she picks up stuff for me at the grocery store if I need her to. So, that's she did go to the grocery store for me one time too. So I mean, like, I do have people that are supportive and everything, but like right now, i I'm at a like I'm at the crossroads of like I just want to like get through this point, and I need everybody to take care of me. So it's like a, it's a fun intersection right now. (laughs)
1: Well, I'm glad that, um, you know, I'm really excited about this news. I feel like I've had to like, keep it a secret. Secrets out. Yeah, secrets. I did tell my dad yesterday. Oh, was he excited? He about fell off the couch here in my office. And (laughs) he was like, what? I'm like, yeah.
0: Brandy's dad is one of the people that knew, that I never wanted to have children. It's literally, he was like, I'm so confused. I thought she never
1: wanted to have children. I was like, Ryan, was I'm
0: confused too.
1: <laughs> I'm confused. I don't feel good. I feel a little lonely.
0: Oh God. It's, you know, it's been a treat, a real treat.
1: Well, I'm, I am excited. I think this is like, you know, an exciting new adventure that you're on and, you know, we're, we're here for the ride. We're, we're yeah, i
0: keep you guys up to date on, on the, oh, I, I'm really hoping like every day I feel a little bit better until I don't. So like, I'm really hoping that like, that those are good signs. Um, I'm, I'm naturally an optimistic person. So, I mean, like any time that like, something feels good, I'm just like riding that wave. So. I think you, know, you have to,
1: I think yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, what is it? Mind over matter. Like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Yes. I always say, you know, women have been giving birth for hundreds of years, and you know,
0: if yeah. some of the people have kids have done it,
1: you can do it. So I
0: that's like sometimes I think about that. Like I have a friend that has five kids. Five. five. It's like wow. That's a, that's Eight. a trooper. That's aggressive. Anyway, enough about me, Brandy we have been talking about a lot of things this month with motherhood. So since I gave my journey, why don't you, um, let everybody in on what's going on with you? Are you pregnant? Um,
1: surprise. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> Everybody's like, Oh my God, call CPS right now. There's a damn emergency. Oh God, uh, no. So I have been, obviously I'm getting old. We all know this. Danny makes it loud and clear
0: here. I've just and
1: never me, seen an
0: older woman in my life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to be 35 in October. And, you know, I just haven't found the right, you know, man in my life settled down with. And so the older I get, the more I start questioning about my journey to motherhood or not to be a mother just because you know time's always a ticking and I would say the past like six to nine months I have really been considering freezing my eggs just because I'm like at the prime I'm starting to hit like the age where it's like you know shit or get off the pot yeah and I think a lot of it has to do with seeing other friends who are my age or younger have to go through, you know, IBF or fertility treatments in order to conceive with their spouses. And when I just think of like my life and where I'm at and where I'm likely to be by the time I potentially settle down, if I ever do, mm-hmm. like It's a couple years down the road yet for me. Yeah. Means that I'm going to be, from a medical perspective, (laughs) in a geriatric pregnancy. If I can even conceive on, you know.
0: Yeah. Your story reminds me a lot of our guest last week, how she said that she didn't even meet her partner until she was in her mid 30s. And so by the time they got married, we're ready to have kids. It was, she was 38. Yeah. And, I always, like, um. I guess I never,
1: like, imagined myself growing up, like, ha- like, getting pregnant and having a baby, to be honest. Like, I honestly, like, ever since I was a little kid, I just always imagined myself adopting. Um, but I just, like, have been looking into, not that I'm, like, ready to do that by any means, but obviously there's all kinds of restrictions like if you're single versus if you're married and what countries you can and can't adopt from and the requirements that it takes and the cost. And I also started to think, well, what if I, you know, marry somebody or commit to somebody who it's really important that they have a biological child, Mm -hmm. whether that's via a surrogate or myself. So I just started contemplating egg freezing. And so I looked into it a little bit more and got a recommendation from a couple of people who have gone through IVF and other processes. And they recommended Dr. Gustin in Omaha with Heartland Reproductive. And so I just kind of bit the bullet and decided to do just like an initial assessment to see like, is this something that I want to do? What's it going to take? And I should take a step back. All of this was also kind of, I got a kick in the pants because I had a birth control implant in my arm that lasts for like three years. And so it was expiring. And I had to have it removed and a new one implanted. And I just thought, well, why am I going to have this put in if I potentially am going to like go through this process? So I had my birth control removed. I've been on birth control like continuously for 15 years, I mm-hmm. think. Actually longer than 15 years. Holy shit. Like 20 years. literally like 20 years. Yeah. Like never not been on birth control. Um, so that was fucking wild. Cause my hormones are like, that does some shit to your body. Yeah, it really does. And it's wild to not have like anything non-natural going on in my body because I'm a fucking bitch. When, <laughs> like um, I am just wild. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, anyways, I had that out, made the appointment, and a few weeks ago, I had my initial appointment with Dr. Gustin and just talked about what, like, the process was and um, costs, obviously, you know, all of the things, but the the short of the long story is I don't know if I want to have kids or not, but I'm at a point where I think I um, want to like establish this insurance policy, if you will, just in the event that I decide that I would need them. I want the best possible opportunity to have children at some point in the future, if I decide to do that and I can't do it naturally. So, um, Yeah, there's all kinds of different things that I've weighed in making this decision. And I will say that I'm not like hundred percent positive. I'm going to go through with this, but I'm like Mm. 95% sure. Um, the biggest factors are like the cost and the time and the process. Like those are three things. Um, the cost, obviously insurance doesn't cover like hardly any of this. It'll cover like the initial diagnostic and if everybody tuned in last week we talked about that with um with our guest about just insurance will cover diagnostic when you do like your initial labs and and ultrasounds to get like your reading. So I will do that what happens is when you get your period you have to call in and you have to go in on the third or fourth day of your period. Mm
0: -hmm. They do
1: the diagnostics and ultrasound at that point. And then from there, you talk about like a timeline of when you want to start the egg freezing process, which really takes about 30 to 60 days from there before they extract the eggs. And you're done a lot of in between there, but that's what starts the process. So that would be covered. It's a couple hundred bucks. And then from there, uh, the actual procedure to extract the egg, eggs, I'm just telling everybody I'm an open book, and I'm sure a lot of other people are curious about the cost of this, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, the procedure itself is $6,500, and then every while you're like starting this process, you're taking medication, so you're like injecting yourself with hormones and other medication to increase the amount of eggs and just like the best possible outcome for the extraction. Again, insurance doesn't cover that. And so the medication is roughly 3000 to $3,500 on top of that. And then, um, Every three to four days, you have to go in while you're taking this medication to do more labs and ultrasounds so they can gauge when you're going to get the eggs extracted. And that is an additional $1,800. So, overall, the whole process, if you do one round of like the egg extraction, it's roughly $12,000 wow. out of pocket, like no insurance coverage. Could be a little less depending on the medication that you have to take. Cause it's all dependent upon like your body, your hormones, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's a lot of money out of, yeah. out of pocket. Um, it's not like it's a payment plan. It's all up front. Um, so that's clearly a factor um, to weigh. I've been thinking of it mentally just to like swallow that pill of, okay, let's break it down. If that buys me seven you know seven to eight years or more mm-hmm. uh, what I can postpone having a child again whether it's me or via a surrogate okay that's you know under fifteen hundred dollars a year which then you break it down per month like that's a very small price to pay for an insurance policy yeah which is sure. um and I forgot to mention that that cost includes like a year of storage for the eggs. And then after that, there's also going to be an additional cost of like egg storage that you have to pay um, to keep them stored. So you that's mean You enough- can't
0: just like put these in your freezer. You put them in the freezer. <laughs> I
1: didn't ask if they could just put them in some ice cube trays and like send me on my way, but <laughs> I don't think they do that. <laughs> so there is oh an God!
0: I just there. imagine someone going to your freezer and be like oh I need some ice <laughs> oh don't don't put those in your water those are those are my eggs just. oh god I'm dying
1: <laughs> just my eggs swirling around in your oh, after all just- grits. <laughs> 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 Sorry about that. Sorry about the visual. Yeah. Um so that like cost is probably one of the biggest factors and like maybe the reason why I'm like in that 95% range just because yeah. I'm going to have to pay that upfront. Um the other thing is just timing. Um and I'm going to sound like a terrible human but the hormones are gonna like cause some bloating and like some weight gain and just some things that I'm not like super excited about experiencing on top of like the amount of appointments and the fact that you like really can't like it's not like a surgery. It's not like I can just be like, okay, on September 2nd, I'm gonna go in and have this done. It's like, okay, I have to wait for this period to come and I have to go in on the third day and I have to hope that I'm not in a fucking hearing or in the courtroom, you know, yeah, like, not like I have this luxury of just like last minute moving things around. Like it doesn't work on my schedule. I'm, you know, at their mercy. So that kind of sucks. And then just the amount of trips, like after you start the hormones to Omaha, like it's just a lot. Yeah. It's a job yeah, it's a big time commitment on top of like a financial commitment. So those are things I'm just like weighing and trying to think through. Um, Because again, I think usually they recommend if you're going to do egg freezing um, to increase your chances of fertility later on that you do it before the age of 37. So I'm like really at like, this prime spot that if I'm going to do this, I should probably do it like within the next six to nine months. So anyways, that's, um, just another factor. The, the other thing again, so I've told you like, there's the, the initial testing and then the timing of when you want to do it. Um, but it is something that like potentially by the end of July, I could have this done and and, you know, yeah. go back, go back on my birth control and be a happy, happy camper. be <laughs> so playing the field. Yeah. Just, you know, doing
0: what I want to do or who I want to do. Hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, um, wow. I mean, that sounds like a lot and it's a lot to go through. And, and, you know, what's, I, I think that one thing that you didn't cover also is that you're, I mean, you covered that you're single, obviously, but like you're also making this decision all on your own. Like that's a big decision to make. And sometimes you just want somebody to bounce ideas off of, or like, I don't know, maybe like, I don't want to say sway you one way or the other, but you know, just bounce ideas off of. And you're doing it all alone. Yeah, it's a lot like,
1: it's been a lot more like emotional than I thought it was going to be. Like, I honestly, like, thought I was just going to be like, yeah, I need to do this or no, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. But I, it's been a, like a big decision. And I really thought like, I thought the initial appointment was going to be different. And uh, if anybody's curious about just like IVF, infertility, like egg freezing, Dr. Gustin is on Instagram. And I actually started following her like when I made the appointment and she posts a lot of super interesting things, um, and she's just a good personality, so that was important that I like had a doctor that like I could drive with and understood yeah. like my concerns and where I was coming from. But when I was in that initial appointment with her, it was like it just kind of hit me. I think like when I say the gravity of what I was doing it hit me, and I was. Like, really kind of, emo- like, I didn't cry or anything, but I kind of wanted to cry. Yeah. Because I, like, I did feel not, like, alone in the decision, but I did feel, like, what the fuck should I do? Yeah. You know, is somebody just tell me what to do? And you can't, like, you can't predict, like, like where your life is going to go. You can't, you can't plan really Mm -hmm. just like you you can't plan you can't time everything out perfectly so I think for me who like I do like to plan everything and I have a schedule and I like have these goals and I know what I want and then this I'm just kind of like fuck like I don't I don't know I don't know if I want this or not like I don't know if I want kids or not so
0: yeah that's gotta be really hard so have have you had like a good support system or have you had anybody criticize this um
1: well I haven't like obviously this is like the first time I've like talked about it openly to share with the world but I I have talked to like my close friends about it and they're super supportive I mean like Mm -hmm. everybody all of my close friends are very very supportive of it um I think they I don't know that I've had any like close friend that struggled with infertility, but I do like they've had somebody close in their life who has struggled with infertility or knows the same people that I do who are like younger than us who have gone through IVF or those kind of struggles. So I think they see like maybe the wisdom in, in doing this or the foresight in doing this. Um, obviously my parents, I've talked to them about it. Um, I think, initially they maybe thought I was a little bit crazy like oh you're not that old you don't need to do that kind of thing like seems like a lot of money to gamble on whether or not you're gonna need this but then the more I've like talked to them about it and explained what it is and explained like w- like just that it leaves that door open mm-hmm. I, th- I think they're I mean, they haven't told me that they're not on board, which usually they're like, you're a fucking idiot. And I (laughs) made the decision. So I don't think they would be shy in saying that. But I do feel like my mom and dad are both like pretty supportive of it. Um yeah, I I would say my family's been super supportive and my close friends. It's just that I don't like it's just different because you're making a decision. And of course I could like use these, you know, eggs and I can buy sperm. Like, isn't that wild that in 2021 you can buy sperm, have this egg, you know, combined and an embryo developed and I can have it implanted back in my body and have a baby. And you know, that's wild. If I wanted to. Um, which is wild, but also at the same time, it leaves that it leaves these possibilities open for me. Yeah, for sure. Maybe I will never use them, but at the same time, maybe I
0: will or I won't.
1: So, are you not wanting to have regret?
0: Yeah, I mean that kind of goes into like my next question is like, are you scared? Are you excited? Like, what are you? Um, I am scared.
1: I think I'm like emotional about it. Like, I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And I'm just so confident in my decision because I'm, I'm not confident in this decision. I feel like very unsure if I'm making the right decision. I think from like a logical perspective, it makes sense. But then there's like this emotional piece that I'm like, what do I do? Yeah. Um, I'm very scared of the injections because that's like, it's not like you can take a hormone pill like you are giving yourself injections Mm -hmm. and I hate needles like so much and like it's hard to stick yourself freaks me the freak out right now like thinking about it like it makes my skin crawl thinking that I would have to do that and I'm also scared if you follow Heather McMahon (laughs) she just did uh she just went through this to freeze her eggs and she fucked up the medication i
0: cannot believe she did this you guys you guys have to go listen to these episodes of heather mcmahon it's like the last the not this last year but the two before the this last one and, and that, that episode came out
1: right after my appointment and i was like what what like they don't make it dummy proof like no. i So what happened was, and her home, like her medication in a, in a bag, right. And you have to like, keep it refrigerated, blah, blah, blah. So she thought I'm going to just go ahead and like pre-mix the post, pre-mix it and be ready to go, you know, get it up in the syringe, inject myself. Great. You can't pre-mix
0: it. That's not, and luckily she talked about it on her podcast because at first her doctor was just like, you know, it just didn't work. It happens. Like, we're really sorry. And, like, pretty much being like, well, that, you know, we don't know why it didn't work, but it didn't work. And then one she of the thought, nurses, She thought she was like
1: infertile. Like, yeah. they just thought that maybe she couldn't have kids.
0: Yeah. And then one of the nurses listened to her podcast and told the doctor. And the doctor was like, Heather, you're an idiot. You can't fucking pre mix this shit. Like, I, so I, then I'm
1: freaked out then because I was like, you can fuck this up and just flush 12 grand down
0: the drain. Yes. And I bet it's more expensive in Atlanta than it is in Nebraska. She mentioned hers was like $8,000. Oh, so
1: maybe not. do I need to hit up a <laughs> like
0: flight? You want to up. go to Atlanta? <laughs> yeah. Oh. But
1: I wonder if there's like so many more in a bigger city that maybe. That's like, true. Maybe that's true.
0: Yeah. Um, I do have one other kind of off the wall question. More cost if I do it. Um, so this is totally random. But we've talked about this, and I can't remember if we've talked about this privately or on the podcast, but surrogacy in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. What it's not recognized in Nebraska, right? Right. So surrogacy contracts are not
1: recognized in Nebraska. And I I just find this fascinating because I think it's gonna become more of an issue even in the next like five to ten years. Colorado does recognize surrogacy agreements. Um, and they have like a, so it's, it's wild, right? So it's your, your egg, potentially your spouse or your partner's sperm in theory, or you own the sperm that you bought and you, you implant you, whatever, transplant it into another human being. So let's say somebody does that to me and I go to the hospital and I give birth to a baby. That's not mine. But biologically speaking, like I've given birth to this child, I am going to be listed as the mother of that child on the birth certificate. So that's what's going to happen in Nebraska. So then you would have to go through a relinquishment and then an adoption of that child after so what happens because surrogacy contracts aren't recognized. What happens if that surrogate goes and gives birth? And refuses to give
0: that baby to you. Oh my God. And like, so, I mean, like, that's another thing that you have to consider in all of this. Right. So Colorado, and I'm sure there are other
1: states too, but they do recognize surrogacy agreements that they're enforceable, but they actually have a process through their court system where um, like you get a court order prior to the birth. So when the baby is born, the biological mother and father are listed on the birth certificate. And then, you know, it goes through the court similar to an adoption, but not really because Mm -hmm. they're already on the birth certificate and it's just confirmed through the court. So you like, I just think it's a much like more sophisticated process there and makes so much more sense. But yeah, I think it's like an area of the law that's probably gonna develop a lot more. And I find super interesting um, but something to consider yeah. if you're doing it here. So wow. It raises all kinds of questions. Like does insurance cover that? I mean, does their insurance cover that? How do you reimburse that? You know, yeah. there's all kinds of financial questions and costs associated with having a child. So
0: that's so crazy. It's
1: very interesting.
0: So when do you think that you'll make the final decision?
1: Well, I'm for sure going
0: to go through the diagnostic,
1: um, so that I've, I've mentally just like, I'm trying not to like overwhelm myself by Mm -hmm. planning too much. And so what, what happened and why I got so overwhelmed is that this is TMI, but I had my initial appointment on Friday, a few weeks ago, and then. they were like, okay, so when you get your next period, like call in, you'll have to come in three days later. Well, I got my period like the next day. And so I was like, oh fuck, like I have to come back now in three days for this appointment. And I hadn't had, so when you do the initial consult, you also do like a financial appointment too. So you can go over all the costs and I think just because of like scheduling, they missed my financial appointment. So I went in to get like the medical information, but I had no idea. Like I knew that it was going to probably be between 10 to $15,000. Like yeah. I, I knew that, but I didn't know like that dollar amount specifically mm-hmm. and the overall like timeline and process. All I knew is like, here's generally from a medical standpoint, what happens, like you'd likely be a good candidate. Next time you get your period, come in three days later. And I was like, wait, like, what, what the fuck? Like, I'm just going to come in and all of a sudden I'm going to like, you know, like, I just didn't know. So I panicked and I called and I was like, I, I also had court that day. So I couldn't go, which was also me out. And I was like, I can't, like come, like, I'm just really overwhelmed with all of this happening so fast. So then I scheduled the financial appointment. I had that just a couple of days ago. And now I'm like, okay, and then make a decision from there. I mean, again, I'm like 95% sure, but I just kind of need to like, when am I gonna do this? Like, do I wanna be a chubby bunny in a bikini this summer? That's also probably probably shouldn't be wearing a bikini, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's like not ideal yeah. to feel that way.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, keep us up to date on what you decide and we'll. we'll yeah. I mean, I along. definitely
1: think like you, we're going to just take everybody along on this little journey.
0: Yeah strap in everybody who knows what you're gonna get every
1: week there's there's potential to be some wild fucking hormones that are going on oh
0: my god yeah you're welcome everybody yeah all right well i think that's everything did we cut did we cover it all yeah i think so all right well everybody thanks for tuning in and don't forget to leave us a rating review on itunes and follow us on instagram and you know do all the things love you miss you. you next week bye